This is the Chiefs' official podcast network. Take advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Holter's with you, the voice of the Chiefs, along with the man. Uh, We call him the shop, the Spider-Man, the barbershop, and uh, shop continued prayers for our region, for our country, for the world. As we are in that stay-at-home protocol, you're you're educating your kids, and you've got a school and a house all in one spot. But uh, good to see you again, brother, and uh, we want to continue to lift up prayers for those uh, as we are in this environment. Man, I always want to encourage people to get more FaceTime, get more uh, Zoom meetings, get more Skyping, house party app, um, whatever you got. If you got your Alexa listening, tell your Alexa to call your grandma, call your mom, call your friends on their Alexa app. Um, the face-to-face is, is refreshing uh, when you're stuck at home and you don't see anybody but who's in your in your house for, for, for 24 hours. Um, and sometimes it is refreshing to see actual faces, even if it's on a screen, on your iPhone, um, it's good just to see, have some, uh, some mono and mono contact, man. Well, we're going to continue our refitting the backpack, uh, as we're in our stay at home protocol, um, and trying to fight through this situation together. But as we refit the backpack today, we look at the cornerback position, one of my favorites, uh, of any NFL team. And honestly, Barbershop, I call the cornerbacks the fighter pilots of the National Football League. Now, here's your history lesson of the day. This is the first salute to service top we had. It was designed by Alan Wright and the rest of the crew and our equipment team. It's the closest thing I have to like a fighter suit. You'll see them what they wear, you know, when they get up in the jet plane. But I want to talk about the Tuskegee Airmen. All right. The African-American group, the 332nd fighter group, uh, the Army was still segregated, and the Air Corps was still segregated then in World War II. And these guys were put together. They flew some of the best machines we had, the P-51 Mustangs and others. Uh, 108 downed enemy aircraft, 744 air medals, 150 uh, distinguished flying crosses, 14 bronze stars, and the Silver Star. They mm-hmm. were amazing as fighter pilots. Plus, I think they also uh, sped up the desegregation progress in our country, uh, but they were amazing. If you want to study the Tuskegee Airmen, it's worth a study here while we all stay at home and learn together. Yeah, I heard it. They were known by the moniker Red Tails. Um, um, sometimes, some some of this time apart out of our normal day to day, gives us time to really dive into our history, uh, dive into what's important, what what made the USA what it is. We talk about football, we talk about cornerbacks, and you referenced the fighter pilots. Because it's that one-on-one dogfight, that mano-a-mano, we called it, to be out on the island, um, to be by yourself. Um, you have to have a very short memory. Um, you have to have that kind of ego, that, 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 that alpha dog mentality on each and every play so that you don't give up six points over the top. And I think that when we talk about what the Chiefs have, what free agency have, and then what the draft has, you'll see an interesting group of guys that can be a part of this 2020 Chiefs uh, regime. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons we won the Super Bowl, but these corners, when they hit the playoffs, they they started to play some ball. Brashad Breeland, uh, Chavarius Ward, who kind of came out of nowhere really over a two-year period uh, to become really one of the top cover corners in the NFL when you look at it statistically. Chiefs have lost Kendall Fuller to free agencies, now back to Washington to be a Redskin. Uh, But we also saw Rashad Fenton, 
rise up, especially during the playoffs and make some plays. The cornerback position, before we jump in to this um, in earnest, you played defense in the NFL for a decade. You played with some of the best corners in the league. The makeup, the frame-up of these fighter pilots, because you mentioned, man, it's one-on-one combat on the outside. People say you have to have a short memory. You're going to give up the one play, everybody goes, it's a 50-yard play or a 40-yard defensive pass interference mm-hmm. penalty. Man, you got to whitewash that in ten less than 10 seconds to try to make the play that's going to win the game the next play. This is a unique group of guys. I love to study this position uh, and look at it uh, and look at it intricately. But the guys you played with, what were the characteristics of the dudes that played when you looked outside to your right or left shoulder and there are the guys on the edge? Well, some of the best of the best. Um, I, I think my days at Washington, I had a chance to play with Daryl Green. I had a chance to play with Champ Bailey. I had a chance to play with Deion Sanders. Mm. Um, and so what those guys had, and each one of them had a different amount of it, was the ability to 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 clear out the background noise, become solely so focused on a guy's uh, alignment, uh, his route running, his release points, the different routes that that receiver would run, and then how that route um, intertwined into the overall uh, uh, passing philosophy. And when I say from a, a Daryl Green, uh, he had top end speed. He wasn't the tallest, long-armed guys like we see today, but he had top-end speed, and he knew one thing. He had to cover the guy when the ball arrived. And a pass was not complete just because the ball arrived. He had chances upon chances to punch it out until that ball was complete. And so he made sure to finish the down. He always finished through the whistle. Champ Bailey, his athleticism is storied. Um, the, the, the makeup speed he has, uh, um, he, he took a lot from – He's a mixture of Deion Sanders and D. Green. He would allow a receiver sometimes to get a little bit open because he knew he was fast enough to make up that speed once the ball was in the air and then make an interception. And then one of, well, personally, my greatest um, cornerback of all time is Deion Sanders. He had the arrogance. He had the he he talked with the swag. Uh, he had it he had it on and off the field. Uh, but when he was in the locker room, he was an ultimate competitor. He expected his team to come ready to play every down. He expected that pass rush to get there because he told him, I was going to cover a guy for two seconds. Anything beyond that, I'm putting it on the D-line. I'm putting it on the linebackers. You need to get there and cause that quarterback to throw the ball somewhere other than where he, uh, than the guy he's covering after that two seconds. But for those t- first two seconds, Dion would shut down half the field. Darrell Green is one of my top five all-time NFL players that's not a chief. I mean, the dude played 20 years at cornerback, and he's got that. He had the Tyron Matthew study of the game. I mean, you played with him, but I, I love to study him from afar and still do. I'll go back and watch some of his video because I think the guy's one of the most remarkable players in the history of the league. And the fact that he played this fighter pilot position, it, it just put it this way, folks. Think about the guys in this league that run 4 2, 4 3, 4 4. You're running backwards playing those guys. You're running a 100-meter dash. They're running forwards, and you're running backwards. And how's all that going to work? All right. Let's jump in now to what I think. We've talked about the characteristics of everyone of these positions over the past two months uh, as we've broken it down. But the characteristics that Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo want at this position are, one, if you're saying, yes, you've got to be a splendid athlete. Yes, you've got to be able to cover. But you have to be a willing tackler. 
when I look at these stats, Shavarius Ward last year was the third leading tackler on this team. Shavarius Ward had uh, 74 tackles. Uh, Brashad Breland played physical. Look at his plays in the Super Bowl. He ended up with 62 tackles. I'm sorry, 48 tackles. And then the pass coverage ability, Chavarius Ward was targeted 78 times throughout the season. He was only burned 37 times. That's a 47.4% uh, burn ratio, which is good, actually. And only gave up two touchdowns with 10 passes broken up. He only had one defensive pass interference penalty all year. And with Breland, 62 targets, 32 burns, gave up three touchdowns and eight passes defense. You got to do not only I got to cover the best wideouts in the league, I also have to play physical. Part of holding the edge is having a corner that's also out there who's a willing tackler. And not all of the fighter pilots in this league want to tackle. Well, the one thing you know about rushing statistics is you get no credit for yards going across the field. And every defense, they want to push running backs sideline to sideline. Well, who's lined up on those sidelines is your cornerbacks. And so when you constantly spill the ball, spill the ball from A gap to B gap to C gap to outside to tight end, well, your cornerbacks and safeties have to come up and make tackles. And we expect our guys to be some of the most physical and aggressive tacklers there are in the league. That's one of the things Coach Spag has, he kind of hangs his hat on, he hangs his defense on, of his cornerbacks being physical, aggressive in the pass and the run. Just like the cornerbacks help the pass, the D-line and linebackers have to, uh, uh, I mean, just like cornerbacks help the run, the D-line and linebackers have to help with the pass. When I talked about Deion Sanders saying, hey, guys, you got to get there. That confidence in, in, in being aggressive with your hands at the line of scrimmage to readjust routes, to throw timing off, it's, it's a all 11 guys on board. You got to be, you got to know that your guys up front is going to get there to give you the confidence when you have a receiver that runs like Tyreek Hill, like the Jet, like Demarcus Robinson. Guys that can get vertical and run 4-2, if you don't get something on them at the line of scrimmage, they'll be gone and by you before you even know it. And so you talk about the characteristics of cornerbacks, footwork, mirror, um, their understanding of the game, the different techniques and leverages, their, um, their vision, um, and then also their balance, and then their playmaking ability, being able to high point the ball, pass breakups, make play on the ball. All of those different segments have something to do when you talk about evaluating that position at cornerback. One of the biggest differences to me from 2019 season to 2018 and 2017 with the ability of the corners and the safeties to some extent their ball skills because here we are as a fighter pilot out there on the edge yes you got to play a 4-2-4-3 guy playing backwards i got to be physical against the run here comes i don't know you know derrick henry and i got to tackle him uh, third though is also having the ball skills of steph curry or patrick mahomes honestly there was a gigantic improvement last year in my opinion of the corners specifically and the safeties in their ball skills, you talk about high-pointing the ball. We think of a Thornhill. But we also saw Chavarius Ward. I was just reviewing the Houston game. We're going to do a watch party on that coming up next week. Chavarius Ward makes an incredible play, high-pointing the ball in the end zone to get an interception. That's another part, another box you need to check. And it's hard to find these guys. But that's part of being a fighter pilot in this league is also having those ball skills. And those things is something that Coach Spag preach about, and he talks about it from day one of training camp. You see him working on the fine-tuned things, um, intercepting the ball around a pylon, intercepting the ball around the uh, field goal post, things like that. Um, most teams, they're so busy trying to overcoach and coach alignment assignment, alignment assignment, 
then the other aspects of playing the position sometimes go to the wayside. But as you saw, Coach Spagnola, he'll pull a DB out of a drill to work on him on the side one-on-one on something he thinks is going to make a difference. High pointing the ball, having great hands, great vision, and then he'll put him back in the drill. He works with guys one-on-one depending on you know your, your, your need, your individual need. Not, not, not all defense coordinators are willing to bring themselves down to that, that almost that common level of, hey, I'm going to work with you on a one-on-one basis to get you better. They want to stay up in that high perch and just say, hey, man, I'm the, I'm the coordinator. I call it. You do it. It is what it is. But when we talk about that cornerback position, man, in a lot of different ways, um, we, we want to stay focused on what is needed to be great at that cornerback position. We talk about zone coverage, eyes on the quarterback, being able to break up. We talk about man coverage, eyes on your receiver, being able to mirror, trail, and then make a play. That's, a, that's two totally different techniques, and not everybody can do both of them well. Dylan, we also had to communicate there. Two receiver side, three receiver side. Who's got the inside third guy? If we're in zone, who trades that off? You'll see. That's why you see these touchdowns and two DBs are looking at each other like, what, what? <laughs> so you have to communicate back there. And I really thought that's where the secondary of the Chiefs really yes. came together uh, in the last two months of the season, especially hitting the playoffs. All right. On the roster right now as we speak, um, it, if five corners. All right. And really you go to camp with about 11. You like 10 or 11 corners to get it down to five. Uh, Alex, we already mentioned Javarius Ward and what he's been able to do. Brashad Breland, as we speak, is still a free agent. There are discussions going on there. Uh, Antonio Hamilton was recently signed by the team, primarily a special team guy with the Giants, but we'll see. Really put him in the crockpot. Uh, and defending the kingdom religiously, you know, that our crockpot uh, designation is a badge of honor to wear. It means the team still believes in you and they want to develop you. Uh, Chris Lamons was uh, put on this roster later in the season. You mentioned Rashad Fenton. Going into his second year, had to step up, uh, particularly when Juan Thornhill went down, when he went to the nickel and dime packages. Then Alex Brown's an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. He was the guy that uh, made a big hit along with Sorensen and knocked the ball out on the kickoff return in the incredible comeback against the Houston Texans. That's the five you've got. That's why I think our next discussion as we transition and pivot into the available free agents left in the cornerback position and the draft. Because if there's one group of guys that I've spent some time with looking and I'm most intrigued about, shop, it's the cornerbacks. But let's just take what's on the roster right now and then we'll get into free agency. Well, those guys all have to take a step up. And, and that's the one thing when you bring a, a, um, a Tyron Matthew into a building – the expectation of everybody raises. So these guys that were undrafted, unused, forgotten about, they come to a, a situation where you know you're going to be put in a situation where we're going to be playing from ahead. There's a lot of uh, emphasis going to be on uh, pass coverage, um, stopping guys you know, from coming back from uh, when we have a league. The communication, if guys can learn to communicate, you see guys have certain skills and techniques, certain traits that you like. You bring them in, give them a shot. Like you said, you're going to try to go – into training camp with 10, 11 cornerbacks, the guys that communicate the best, the guys that can work as a unit on the field, it's almost irrelevant almost what your uh, what your skill level is on a one-on-one basis. If you can communicate as a as a back end together, the, the, the culmination, the sum total as a group is often more valuable than the individual total. So that's why some of the top corners in, in the league, I don't think would, would fit in our defense. Because sometimes to be that top corner, you don't talk. You just want to be on the island left alone. You want to shut off uh, a side of the field. 
you want everybody else, the other 10 guys to, to worry about everything else, leave you alone. Well, that's the opposite of communication. The one thing that our back end does, both corners, all safeties, you communicate with one another to make sure everybody's on the same accord. And that's how you play championship defense and championship pass coverage. And to me, the best teams in this league, you mentioned some guys are man corner. They can play press man, summer zone. To me, Spags wants both. I've got to be able to do both because he wants to have that kind of that many tools in his tool chest. Yes. Quickly into free agency here. We've got to throw Breland, who's still listed as we speak on this one. If you, you come back and listen to it later, uh, we'll know what happens here. But uh, Brashad Breland is in there as a free agent. Mo Claiborne, former chief, is also on there. But Logan Ryan as we started this podcast, was still available, a former Titan, uh, Tremaine Johnson, and then Drake Kirkpatrick was released by the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, so interesting to see what's happened. To me, I think guys are going to look after the draft for these guys. Now, we saw some top corners go right away. Kendall Fuller jumps off the board quickly and gets a big $10 million a year deal, basically, for four years uh, with the uh, Washington Redskins. Uh, we saw the big move by Miami to take the Dallas corner. That's the highest paid free agent in this whole shebang. Um, but uh, a free agent corner, we've seen the Chiefs actually morph some of these guys in. Breland last year. Yeah, and, and I like some of the under-named guys. Um, Kevin Peterson for the uh, for the Cardinals, Arthur Mollett from the Jets, uh, Javier Elliott for the Panthers. Um, I had another guy, uh, Rashad Melvin for the Lions. And even Daryl Worley for the Raiders. Uh, most of these guys are young guys, under 30 years old. You know, they played 50 to 60% of the snaps. But from a salary standpoint, they're probably going to come in under the $2 million a year type deal. And when you add a guy like that, when you can add multiple guys, right? You can add five guys at $2 million or one guy at $10 million. I think you go with the, the shotgun effect and see what guys come in, how well they mold with the guys that are already here. Again, the communication level has to be out the roof. Um, and that's what really um, um, allows you to kind of uh, work around a salary cap where, you know, we got to pay Chris Jones. We're always paying the shark um, on offense. We got Zeus and Ty Tyreek Hill and Pat Mahomes. So we, we got a we, we kind of got a bunch of uh, a big salary uh, salary cap guys already on, on, on the line for the 2020 year. Now we got to figure out, can we get some of this bargain, uh, these bargain deals? And sometimes you find some guys that are 26, 27 years old, played a lot of football, and just aren't earning that, uh, 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 aren't uh, requiring that $10 million a year uh, price point. Yeah, we're seeing that right now in the free agent market, the one-year guy uh, where you're giving it a one-year try. And sometimes those guys make big plays to help you win Super Bowls. Yes, sir. Uh, quite honestly, Breland is in that category. Remember his pick, his physical play. Uh, on the sideline uh, in the Super Bowl. All right, now we're going to jump into this draft for corners. And I I get real fired up when I look at the corners <laughs> in this draft. And knowing where the Chiefs pick, we've talked about right now, there are five picks. And the Chiefs will start at 32. And basically will follow that sequence all the way through the first five rounds. And then that's it as it stands right now. I call these guys the SEC All-Stars. Now, there's some exceptions, including the guy most think is at the top of the lift, list in Jeff Okuda. Uh, of Ohio State, who seems to be like the perfect fighter pilot. He can jump right into the P-51 right now and go uh, defend the B-17s as they go bomb the enemy. Okuda seems he can play man, basically better man, but can play zone, splendid athlete. But Okuda's going to go, I think, before the Chiefs get to pick. Yeah, if Okuda is what you call Iceman, or if, he call, if he's the maverick of Top Gun, 
then one of the other guys would be my man, uh, Trevon Diggs. Uh, uh, that's, you know, the Diggs brother. He's from Bama. He should, yeah. I mean, depending on how this draft go, uh, come 32, uh, him, uh, the guy from uh, Terrell from Clemson, uh, yep. you know, th- those guys will still be in the play around 32. Um, and if they are all on the board come the 25th, 26th pick, then that might be uh, just close enough for uh, you know our man Veach to kind of package a couple picks together and move up five slots, s- slots uh, to get the guy he really wants. But even later on in the draft, there's a there's a number of guys um, that are available. A lot of long, linky uh, project type corners aren't plug and play guys. Aren't guys going to come in and be your number one or your number two corner? But have the the, the physical tools um, to get into a uh, you know get into an organization, especially like ours. Uh, where you can learn from some of the best technically sound guys. Coach Madison um, and Coach Spags can can teach a guy up just to play a certain position, uh, maybe not overload him with the entire playbook, have him playing uh, late late in the game, um, some, 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 some closeout type downs, have him work on his posture, his po- position, his playmaking ability, his communication. And those guys, I, I think, that you can get later in the rounds are, are some of the guys I'm looking excited for our Chiefs to do after we fill, um, fill up some needs and get some best available with the first two or three picks. Yeah, to me, those are the kind of guys that start maybe in your nickel or dime package, yes. become really good special teams players, and then potentially then drift or morph into a starting role in the last half of the season. You mentioned Diggs, Stephon Diggs's brother. One of the things I like in corners that I've learned in this league are – those have been wide receivers in college, or at least started that way. I did a minute mm-hmm. with Mitch on this. I do a, a series called The Minute with Mitch during the season. And who really grows up wanting to play corner? They all want to be quarterback <laughs> or wide receiver, right? That's what everybody wants to do. And then they become corners. Uh, you turn them into a corner. But I, either college wide receivers or high school quarterbacks. At one time uh, during the season, we had 10 high school quarterbacks on the Chiefs roster. And several of those were in the defensive secondary, including Brashad Breland. Now, a guy that I want to talk to about who uh, I'm really intrigued with is Noah Igbenogwi, uh, yes. Agni from uh, Auburn, a kick returner. He's long, 42 tackles, so he's a willing tackler. And this is the SEC, where it's the mm-hmm. closest thing in the SEC West to the National Football League. Seven passes broken up. But Igbenogwi, to me, is a really intriguing prospect, either at 32 or maybe, as you were saying, in the second or third round, if he can last that long. Yeah, I like that kid from Auburn a lot, too. And what you do know about these cornerbacks that used to be wide receivers is they already know the passing tree. They know mm-hmm. the route combinations. Um, so you don't have to spend time um, 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 o- overcoaching what to expect when you see a bunch look, when you see three receivers together. They, they know the combination of routes that come from these things. And then it, it makes them be um, that much more um, anticipatory, being able to t- anticipate uh, what the break spots in or, on a route. Routes are only run at, you know, four or five different depths. You don't, you don't see, uh, you know, it's, it's a quick route, it's a five-yard route, it's a 13-yard route, or it goes to 18 or it's gone down the field. It, it, there's natural breakpoints because they have to mirror the depth of a quarterback or the steps of a quarterback. When a quarterback does a three-step drop, five-step drop, seven-step drop, there are only certain depths that routes get to, and those are, are natural breakpoints. Some DBs don't understand that concept, and they get caught with double moves. They get caught with uh, being out of phase when you talk about in man coverage. But those that play the receiver position, because they are already so natural at that 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 clock that goes in your head about when a quarterback hits his fifth spot, the ball's coming out, when to look for the ball, 
those guys end up being phenomenal. We talked about Champ Bailey. You know, he was a, a, a Swiss Army knight for Georgia, receiver, running back, DB. But he excelled at the defensive position because he anticipated what the offensive receivers were doing on every route. Well, your guy Deion Sanders was that too, returner, play offense. Yes. Um, but I also like the guys who were high school quarterbacks. And there are a lot of corners in this league that played high school quarterback or safeties. Juan Thornhill was the same way because they understand. You're talking about the nuances of understanding every route on the tree is a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. If a corner also knows can get in a quarterback's head and what they're thinking, when I do my study, either looking at him uh, on his tendencies or two, what's he thinking? If I can think like a quarterback as a cornerback, to me, it's an asset. Oh, definitely. On defense, you get inside position. You're trying to take the inside away where he thinks that three-step drop on that out route is going to be wide open. Well, <laughs> he doesn't know that you used to play quarterback, and so you baited him by lining up inside just to uh, rob that outside cut. That's how so many picks are being made nowadays. Um, defensively, we have to start uh, lying to the quarterback so his eyes, when you get a quarterback that doesn't trust his eyes, then you have him hesitate. When they hesitate, that allows... Uh, uh, Frank the tank, the shark to get there. That allows your pass rush, your linebackers to get there. You just want them to hesitate one second. Be a little bit unsure about what the technique is and uh, what the coverage is. Is it man zone? Is it true man? Is it uh, help defense? Is it robber defense? If you can make a quarterback hesitate just for a second, automatically the pendulum, the momentum swings to the defense, big play interception defense. Yeah, some of these other guys that are in this draft, uh, Jalen Johnson of Utah, uh, he's thought to be kind of be a both zone and man guy. Played against good players in the Pac-12. Um, also, Kristen Fulton of LSU had a really good yeah. combine. Uh, Darnay Holmes of UCLA. Some list him as a safety, some as a corner, a hybrid guy. Maybe a good nickel corner. Uh, he was better in 18 than in 19 with UCLA. And then he had a very good senior bowl. Uh, but here again is where you've got to trust your scouting staff and Brett Veach because we're in a protocol now. We're all trying to, you know, defeat here the coronavirus, at least get it to level off. That's why we're all in this position all across the earth, really. Uh, but here's where you have to really uh, kind of trust the work you've done to this point, because I'm not getting to go look at my fighter pilot on his campus. I'm not getting to do that. And I'm not getting the top fighter pilot, the guys that we mentioned, to come to my facility and take a look at him to see how he's doing all of the characteristics that we've talked about here. So there's going to be there's got to be some trust factor here in Brett Veach and his guys, to me, especially at this position, because they've got to get this position um, at least strengthened some or at least bulked up. You only have five on the roster. We mentioned you got to get 10 or 11. To me, that's a couple of free agents, a couple of bargain free agents, and then maybe one, perhaps two in this draft if you can get them or a college free agent to fill in those gaps. Yeah, and we got to use some of our young guys, right? So we know that um, we had a safety come from UVA. Well, guess what? It's a corner, Bryce Hall at UVA. Yeah, if anybody knows him, that's his guy, right? Juan, hey, what was the great aspects about this guy from Hall from UVA? Like, what, you know, could he could he fit here? You you know what we need here? Does he fit? Um, AJ Terrell, he he was at Clemson when DOD, Dorian O'Daniel was there. Um, so you got to rely on these guys to be like, hey, man, this is, it, it ain't one of these things where you just sign off on them because you went to, you know, ho-ha, uh, we went to the same school, uh, let, let, let's sign off. No, no, this guy's about to be part of your NFL team. You want him to be successful at this level. You know, don't bring a guy who ain't about it. If, if he ain't got what it takes, let us know so we can move on. If he's not a great fit for what, what this culture is, this environment, this championship environment, if they can't survive 
um, you know, in, in, in deep waters and they're not willing to, you know, do what it takes to be great. Uh, let's not even let's not spend any time worrying about them. And I yeah, think with the whole uh, COVID, you know, COVID-19 and the uh, lack of uh, contact that scouting departments have with these college players, it puts a lot of light on your process being greater than your product. And what we know about Veach and his guys, they've, they've gone through the, the grind of getting all their, their boards done back in December. And so uh, where, where a lot of teams might depend on that individual meeting to sign off on a guy, I think, I think some of the really good teams, really good scouting departments, I, I'm not sure if they need it as much as some of these teams that have been struggling with getting the, guy, the right type of guys into the camp. I put that on Twitter, I think, two days ago, but like I said, maybe yesterday. Consistency uh, and continuity here are big. Uh, communication and culture. I think that is going to be a big, huge part of the 2020 NFL season. So teams like the Chiefs or the Ravens or the Saints have all of that in place. But to narrow it down to this position, to my fighter, our fighter pilot position, I think it really comes into focus because the Chiefs, at the very least, need to bulk it up numbers-wise. Now, they this is a you could say a need position, but it's needed uh, in a variety of ways. You know, I look at guys in the league that I respect. One of the cool things in, about the one-on-one, and you and I got to, to do these with others, is host some of the award winners. Well, I got to help host Stefan Gilmore yes. of the New England Patriots. All right, we don't like the Patriots, but I'm going to tell you what, I'm a Stefan Gilmore fan. 49% completions against him, and he's a press cover corner. Maybe the best corner in the league. He was defensive player of the year. So, yeah, I guess he's the best corner in the league. But a guy like that or Tredavious White of the Buffalo Bills can absolutely take your team to a next level. And if the Chiefs were 12-4, and four, you get the cornerback position to become even more exciting and explosive. Now you can take it's almost 13-3 and three or 14-2 and two by getting a corner who changes a play, uh, pick six on a long play, or, or make uh, the, you know, the outstanding plays that a Gilmore or White can make to dictate and change a game. Man, Gilmore was so impressive at the one-on-one. He gave all the credit to his teammates. And when we talked about what was next for him, he said, going back, examining myself, there were still so many flaws. He said, the one great thing about, about Coach Belichick, you know when he pat you on the back, you did it, you, you did something tremendous. He's seen so much great football on the defensive side of the ball. Did you know if he gives you some credit, even a data boy, it, it's something you can hang your hat on. He doesn't give them out often. And so it's something that everybody in that culture was working towards. I think you look about, you know, Coach Spagnuolo. Spags has been around some really great defensive units. And so for this unit to be one that he enjoys being around, you, you see the joy in his eyes when it's time to practice. He's not having to be dragged out to the field to work with this group of guys again. No, no, he's excited about it. He gets so um, 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 put some impact on this impact on this Chiefs kingdom. Um, I, so I think that the, the, the mentality of this whole defense has, has just turned the page. It's, it's, it has nothing to do with what happened in the past. It's all about what's happening right now in the present and the future for this defense. I think all things are trending upward, and it begins with some of the personnel. Um, you can't give Teron Matthew enough credit for what's going on in that back end of having everybody lined up and confident and ready to play, but also the individual work ethic. Javarius Ward, like you said, Bashar Breeland, Fulton, those guys, um, uh, Felton, those guys have worked their you know what's off to be some of the best um, um, uh, cover corners and zone cover break corners in the league. And because they can do both things, it opens up right for Coach Spags. He can he can call anything because he's not he's not scared. That he has a guy out there that can't play a certain guy or he can't play a certain zone because he's scared that the ball's gonna get thrown over because the guy doesn't play a deep half or a deep quarter the right way. Guys are are becoming so technically sound in their ability, 
it's making Coach Spags' job a lot easier. He has confidence in them. They have confidence in in, in his calls. And you see a, 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 what happens when everybody communicates. It's a beautiful thing to be a defensive player and see guys working that way. All right, we're going to wrap this up. But as you look at between now and the draft, we're looking at a, less than a month. To me, this position, I've got under the microscope more than any other because right. of what we've laid out here. And to find those rare guys that can be Tuskegee Airmen, your fighter pilots, if nothing else, the Chiefs have got to bulk up here. They've got to find five or six guys to get the group that they would want to go to training camp. But drafting a guy, free agency, even developing some of their guys even more, to me, is paramount. It's necessary for this Chiefs team to take uh, to try to get back and win that title again. Yeah, a few more red tails. Let's, let's grab a couple more red tails and, and add them to the crew, man. As we know, um, Coach Spags, Coach Madison, they're going to have these guys ready to roll. Um, when you look at teams, for the last thing, you look at the teams, if you had to say right now who can go win, you know, you have a new staff to come in for some of these teams. They, they, they haven't had a chance to – they don't even know each other yet, much less the, stat, the, the, the personnel and the players. Our team, if you had to start the season today, I think could line up and, and, and beat people 40 to 10. And that's a beautiful thing to go into a draft with no holes, no gaping needs. You can just wait and see what kind of talent falls into your lap and start, you know, down your draft board, your big board, accumulate more and more talent. And when it comes to that cornerback position, get guys that truly fit from a communication level, who is going to really uh, do well in this environment. It's, it's a great thing to see that come into the kingdom. All right. You've done a great job with your kids uh, in the stay-at-home protocol that we're in. You've got your own one-room country school there, which is awesome. Uh, but you've always been great, you and your wife, in helping those kids and stressing academics. But I got an assignment for you. All right. Barber family, you up for it? Always, always. Blessed okay. by the best. A report by all the kids, depending on their ages, you know, we can, but on the Tuskegee Airmen, the 332nd fighter group, and to have some fun. There's two movies to watch for everybody, because the assignment here is for everybody. I'm going to do this as well. Two movies to watch. All right. 1995, a movie, Cuba Gerding Jr.'s in it, uh, called the Tuskegee Airmen. It'll give you perspective uh, on those amazing men. And then also, Red Tails uh, in 2012 was kind of a remake uh, in featuring the uh, Tuskegee Airmen. So, hey, we'll just call our DBs and our corners this year the Red Tails going into 2020, and let's find some fighter pilots and uh, climb that mountain again, brother. Sounds good, man. I'm all for it, man. Always enjoy defending the kingdom with you. Mitch Holt is the voice of the Chiefs. Once again, I'm Sean Barber. Tweet at me, at SeanBarber59. Hey, Mitch, let's do it again, man, next week. See you, brother. It's at Mitch Holtus. You want to do the same? And, hey, hit us both and something you want to talk about. But we're going to go now back to the offensive side of the football. Next week, fans' second favorite position, I think, on this Chiefs team, wide receiver, and get into that group. Big getting to Marcus Robinson back. All right, shop, get on that homework assignment on the Tuskegee Airmen, and we'll get after this again next week. Thanks to one and all in the Chiefs' kingdom. Please be safe. Please do all of the precautions from our public health officials and if you're inclined, like Shop and, our, and me and our families, continue to pray. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Thanks for listening to the Chiefs' official podcast network. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins in Arrowhead. 